Hello and welcome to this Nothing podcast, which today focuses on the hot topic of student housing in the Netherlands. We're glad you decided to join us. I'm your host, Mike Cooper, and I'm very pleased to have no less than four studio guests today. Lara Kuman. Hi. Anastasia Mustaka. Hello. Andreas Bayuseno. Hi. And Francisco Guevara. Hello. Great you could come, guys. We're going to have an exciting discussion later, I'm sure. All of today's guests are studying in the Netherlands, and they each have a variety of experiences to share with us all. Um, I'd like to give the listeners some context first before we begin, uh, which I'm sure will be a lively discussion later on. There is currently a housing crisis in the Netherlands. Uh, it's a shortage and it affects students who need suitable housing in the city or area where they study. This year, several universities across the country called on students to stay away if they could not find a place to live before starting their studies. For Nuffik to contribute to solutions to this challenging situation, it's affiliated to the National Platform for Student Housing and works on this issue together with other parties. This month, the National Student Housing Action Plan 2022-2030 was signed during the National Conference on Student Housing. Today, we are here with both international and Dutch students to discuss this topic and exchange ideas and perspectives. We will talk about the search for a student house, mixed student housing, and try and brainstorm together on ideas and insights which might help improve the current situation. So I'd like to explain who we have here at this exciting podcast and, and explain our guests. So I'll mention Lara first. Lara Kuman is a Dutch and a master's student in business communications at the University of Tilburg. She's active as a Wilweg ambassador and would like to share her experiences uh, with living in a mixed student house, which is, I gather is quite exciting. Um, Anastasia Mustaka, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, she moved house yesterday and all her furniture did not turn up. So we have a little bit of a situation. But anyway, I'm sure by the time you listen to this, it will be resolved. Um, Anastasia is a Greek student who has just begun a bachelor's in international business administration at the University of Tilburg. And she was living with her friend until yesterday. In fact, she's still living there because the furniture has not arrived. Um, we will speak to her later. Andreas Bayuseno is an Indonesian master's student studying geopolitics at the Rijksuniversiteit of Groningen. He lives in a mixed student house in Groningen. And Francisco Guevara is a Spanish national, but he has been born and brought up in Bolivia. Uh, he is studying an avance in Breda for a bachelor in international business administration. And he lives in a mixed student house over there. I'd like to start our conversation about student housing by looking at the first stage, the search for student housing. So I'd like to ask a question and then run it round the table so that we can all uh, share our experiences because I have done enough talking for the moment. I would like to hear from you guys. Um, how do you look back on your own search for student accommodation and where did you end up? Um, Anastasia, because you're in such an exciting part of your student accommodation life, perhaps you could start. 
Um, first of all, I want to say that it was nothing uh, like I've ever imagined. It was something totally different. Of course, uh, the time span that I was looking for a studio, a room, an apartment, whatever, uh, it was really stressful and I was under the weather. But it turned out that it was manageable as long as uh, you start Uh, searching earlier and you stay informed you check out the sites every day even every hour if you can so I would probably say that it is something that you should deal if you want truly to study in the Netherlands and I think that it is something to have in mind that it is indeed difficult and there is a housing crisis here but of course if you try your best you can find something right because you're just you've just started your study uh, this year correct yeah. and you've already moved house twice i gather yeah uh first of all i had quite an experience because uh i didn't feel my requirements for the university uh but i had find like housing uh before that so i had to uh put the contract away that I had with the first house that they chose me to take the studio. And then uh, in August, when the university accepted me again, I had to find a house. So I had to find a house twice. That was kind of stressful. But thankfully, I had a friend that she was renting out her room and she suddenly texted me in like the beginning of August. So that was... Uh, so there's a happy ending. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> cool, yeah. super cool. I'd like to now uh, find out about your experience, Andreas. So back on, I think, February, so I started looking for accommodation. I think it took like one of two months until I received accommodation. So like every day I spent two, three, four hours just to looking for accommodation, like uh, search on Facebook, search on groups, search on university websites, search on the government website. But luckily I received like a one year contract from the government website. So, and I'm so lucky to receive that accommodation. Yeah, it's quite stressful, uh, especially in this particular time. And also this one is also after the pandemic. So all of students come to Groningen, right. not only masters, bachelors, PhD, exchange students, bachelor from second year, master from second year, PhD from second and There's third year. There's a swarm year. of students swarm arriving of student. in Groningen at the like, same time. Groningen is a little city, but it's all crowded with students. <laughs> yeah, but so very cool that you managed to, to, to find a place. So lucky, I'm so lucky. Lara, how about you? Um, so I've been living in the same place for about a year now. But it also wasn't easy for me as a Dutch student to find housing, actually, especially since at the time I was searching for a place, I was still living in Austria. So I also only was available for online video calls. So it's hard to get an image of the place, but it's also harder for the people to get an image of you. And I noticed that it was really a disadvantage. And I started with this whole list of requirements for a place, for example, that I prefer to live with international students, people a bit older, a bit further in their studies. I didn't really care whether it would be just girls or mixed with girls and boys. Uh, but that list got shorter and shorter. And in the end, I was just really happy that I found a place. I think Any I had, place. As, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had 10 calls in the end and the 10th place was a good match. So, yeah. But you are now in a, in a great place, right? With inter- living together with internationals, correct? 
Yes, yeah, that's true. So the place where I'm living, um, it's always been 50-50. We're four girls. And over the years, it's all, I think it's always been two Dutch girls and two internationals. Right now, I'm living with one Dutch girl, one girl from uh, Berlin, from Germany, and the other one just moved in last week, and she's from Hungary, actually. Oh, cool. So, another happy ending. Excellent. I like this. I like this. Very positive. Francisco, I know that you have had an interesting experience with accommodation and also perhaps have some tips for the listener about how to start out on that, on this adventurous journey of looking for a place. Indeed, actually, you just mentioned the key word, I would say, which is the adventure. <laughs> the adventure that I believe we all have been through to find a suitable place for us. Because in my in my experience, indeed, it was quite uh, similar to, to Laura's. Because I was abroad, I couldn't be in person for a viewing. I have ne- never been to the Netherlands before, so it was everything new for me. Yeah, so you didn't really have any idea, no, nothing at all, and that's why I now I believe that I was quite a dreamer because I wanted something very specific. I went to the studio, I went into something really Swimming close pool. to university with not many people, also older people, quite organized, having some rules. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. What I believe it would be a good starting point would be firstly being open to all kind of possibilities which are living in a house where maybe you're over budget a little bit or living with plenty of people. Currently, I live with above 10 people, which is quite different than what I was expecting. Interesting, I imagine. Uh, from a studio to 10 people, that's quite quite a difference. And also being open to live in another city. I would say those are the three points to start. Right, in, in a city outside of the place, of the city where you study. Traveling a bit is not something weird in the Netherlands. Right, great. Thank you very much for all of you to, for, for sharing those experiences. Um, uh, there's a, there's a thing in the Netherlands which I think we are all aware of in terms of student accommodation. I, I expect it's a global thing. Maybe it's not the Netherlands at all, but it is. There are a lot of scammers out there um, waiting to take advantage of innocent students. Um, what kind of challenges did you guys experience during your search? And, and did any of you get scammed? And even if you did not get scammed, have you heard of types of scams that? our listener could be aware of. Uh, You're nodding your head there, Anastasia. (laughs) Yes. So the first time that I was looking for a place to live, I uploaded some information on Facebook about my name, where I came from, uh, that I want to study in Tilburg. So I wrote down my budget and then like I think two people sent me a message and they said, hey, we have this apartment. Uh, everything is included. It costs 600. And I was like, okay, yes, of course. I want uh, to have a video chat with you in order to see the apartment. And they were like, no, you have to pay us first. So, of course, be aware of scammers because it's true. Uh, there are many scammers, especially on Facebook. So be careful and don't pay anything before you see the house and sign the contract. Very wise advice. Anybody else have any experiences to share? Regarding Facebook, yes, indeed. I, as, as Anastasia was mentioning, I posted a picture of me with a brief description willing to find a house or housemates. 
Right. Many people texted me, find different opportunities, send me an email, send me some money. That's not going to work. In the Netherlands, no one is going to look for you. Do you want to rent this apartment? That's not going to happen. If you post something in Facebook, expect some people from your program to text you, make some friends and things alike. But finding housing, unless it's an announcement and over a lot of participants, you've got a viewing and things alike, no one's going to knock your door and, do you want to rent my room? That's not going to Right, so nobody's going to help you. <laughs> Basically, you're on your own. But I think it's sound advice because anybody coming up with offers is obviously not okay, perhaps. Anybody else? Lara or Andreas, do you have any experiences that you, any challenges that you had? Yeah, Andreas. I think, yeah, based on Anastasia and Francisco's story, yeah. So one thing that I know that scammers, most of them happen in Facebook. And you put your personal details and they will come for you and try to contact you. So I think the one that we can learn is, yeah, uh, don't do that again since no one will knock your door and said, we have you want to come. So it's not going to happen if you like share your personal details. It right. is like... Uh, it for the scammers to come and hunt yeah, you. Yeah, Francisco. Yeah, indeed. Uh, plenty of scammers are in Facebook. Scammers, sorry, are in Facebook. But also something to point out, I know some friends that found beautiful accommodation, very suitable through Facebook. So it's something to take into consideration, but it's not that everything's a scam. No, so a lot of, so there are indeed legitimate offers on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anastasia. Um, I think the offers on Facebook most of the times are not scammers because uh, you can see the pictures of the room. But first of all, you have to contact them to send them a private message and then uh, they will reply to you. I hope so. But I don't know. In my case, I send like 50 messages in order to find a house through Facebook groups. Uh, nobody replied, so <laughs> right. So that's don't a get kind of your hopes up. <laughs> interesting test, interesting test. But there are legitimate people on Facebook. Lara? Yeah, I think what I would like to add to this discussion is that if it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. So always trust your gut feeling. For example, I had an online viewing for a room and it all just seemed too easy because normally in the Netherlands... Uh, you would have a conversation with the people currently living there and they would pick you out of many people. However, in this case, it was just me talking to them. Um, so I felt like they just wanted to find somebody in a way as easy as possible and they didn't necessarily want to pick me. They just wanted someone. And then I also would have to become the main renter, take over the contract, even though I didn't see the place physically since I wasn't in the Netherlands. And I didn't meet these girls before. So at that point, I didn't trust my gut feeling and I decided not to take that No, room. sort of like alarm bells started to go off. Yeah. But you do need to then obviously be a little bit streetwise when you're involved in these negotiations out there on Facebook. Um, I would like to mention that students or people who are, who are considering to become students in the Netherlands can find information and tips and tricks about accommodation in the Netherlands and the Study in NL website, which you can find in the show notes to the podcast. So um, do go there and, and follow the link. Also, in the show notes, there is a Dutch student union hotline, uh, particularly for international students who may find themselves being scammed or would like some advice or would like some information. And that's the Dutch student union housing hotline. And also, uh, as Francisco pointed out to me just now, don't forget just email the university. It sounds very simple, 
but you might forget it. If you email the university, there is a chance that you can actually get accommodation through the university. Um, last question, quick fire round. Did your accommodation meet your exp- expectations? Anastasia. Um, for sure, not, because at first uh, you have some expectations, high expectations, to be honest, that you're going to have your own kitchen or your own bathroom. Uh, that's not the case. You have like to adapt to the housing in the Netherlands because people choose you. You don't get to choose uh, which house you're going to get. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, so you have to lower your expectations. Lower your expectations. Doesn't sound too positive, but I think a very wise advice. Francisco. I have been in two houses here in the Netherlands. The first one, 100% did not even reach the minimum expectations. But once you're here and you understand the culture as well, because for instance, the thing of the stairs or the small spaces are something that shocked me. Once you're part of the Netherlands and you have been here for for some time, you understand and you start to valorate some things that you already have. So I I would say that my second accommodation, a room in Tilburg that I just moved about a month ago, it did met my expectations. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, again, keep an eye out there and, and learn to be flexible, I guess. Andreas? Uh, one thing that I stress about is, yes, lower expectation. And second, be certain. Check everything about your accommodation, the contracts, and also all of kinds of the rules. For me, um, yeah, it did meet since I just want to be certain since I found my accommodation from the government website at home in Groningen. So, yeah, just I'm sure that it's not a scam. So Right, so read the small print. The small print, yeah. Lara? Um, yeah, I think since I've been living in the Netherlands in student housing before, my expectations were pretty realistic. So it was what I expected regarding cleanness, but also... Yeah, the state of the house. And um, yeah, I was really positively surprised by the big rooftop terrace my flat has. <laughs> that oh, was really super, nice. super terrible. Yeah, I know. And then there were also the expectations about, well, contact with flatmates, which I might was a little bit disappointed in. I hoped to hang out more often with my flatmates, have dinners together, which we don't do that often. So there's also, of course, that part of the expectations. But overall, I'm happy. I guess the lesson we're learning here is just be flexible and open-minded. Um, I myself was an international student, and uh, I have to say that um, when I was studying, I did hang out mostly with internationals because we had a similar situation, so we kind of had a bonding as a result of that. And only towards the end of my study, this was in France, um, did I uh, have a lot of French friends in, by the end. Um, We'd like to talk about the the, the subject of mixed uh, accommodation or the type of accommodation that you have. So I suppose this is an emotional question, so I'd like to run it round to you first. Are you happy with your housing situation? Lara, are you happy with your accommodation? Uh, Well, yes, I think so. I'm, um, yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm yeah, I especially enjoy living with international flatmates since I get to practice my English every day. Um, also, I'm learning German, so I sometimes speak German to my German flatmate. I love getting in touch with new cultures. For example, last week, the parents of my new flatmate from Hungary came over and I had lovely conversations with them about cultural differences. And it's really great to realize that you don't have to go across the border to uh, get in touch with other cultures, but you can even do that in your own house in the Netherlands. 
And then I think, yeah, also in Tilburg, the pricing is kind of okay. Yeah. Um, Andreas, are you happy with your accommodation? And uh, we, you, Lara mentioned something there, cultural differences. How, how are you finding that yourself in, in the student city of Groningen? Definitely, I am happy with my accommodation, especially with international students. Same with Laura. I have the same experience, especially with language and food. So I learned a new language since my neighbors, most of them are from Balkan countries, from Romania and from Bulgaria. So I learned a new language there. And also I could practice my English, my German as well. And are you le- uh, learning Bulgarian? N- actually, <laughs> at the first glance, not. But since my neighbors... Both, on the, both of them are Bulgarian, so I have the intention to learn the culture, to respect ah, excellent, them. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. And also the food. They introduced me with uh, Bulgarian or Balkan food, so I really love that. So from now, I think yeah, I have a great experience with that. That sounds great. Francisco? I believe uh, student housing is one of the best ways to discover the war and go a little bit in depth to different cultures without actually going to the countries itself. In my experience, in three, four different student houses, also in Spain, being with another people, it's something simply amazing. It's it's an experience, as we were describing from the very beginning. So it's something nice. However, I've learned that your housemates are your housemates. It may happen that they become your best friend or something like I would recommend just keeping them as housemates, get along each other, that's more than enough. That's a good one. A housemate is a housemate. Um, and you have 10 of them. So which countries are they from, if I may ask? Well, actually, if I'm not wrong, most of them are from the Netherlands. Right. So it's not very diverse now. But as Andrea was mentioning, we have a lot of Balkan, Balkan people. Right. But that's interesting what you're saying there, their housemates are your housemates. So it's perhaps a little bit like colleagues at work. Your colleagues, and maybe a friendship comes, but maybe you still dislike that colleague at the end of your 20-year career. Anastasia, are you happy with your accommodation? Um, I can't say much about that because uh, the first time that I saw my room was yesterday. So... It was really nice, I have to say. Uh, I found out that I have my own kitchen. I don't share the kitchen, so that's nice. That's an advantage. I'm very happy for it, uh, though it's too small because I had, like we said earlier, I had some expectations. It's small, but, you know, you have to live with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it sounds pretty good to me, If you, uh, but... but uh I guess what we're learning here is that you have to be very flexible. You come in with a dream and then the reality uh, arrives and then you have to be, be flexible about what, what you think you wanted in the first place. Um, what would, how do you feel about mixed student housing? I think we've mentioned it a couple of times, but Lara, you're, you're like an expert on this now. Uh, perhaps you could explain the, what's great about, well, I presume it's great, I, I think it probably is, uh, about mixed housing. Well, to me, this is really important because um, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but in the Netherlands, it's pretty common that Dutch students, if they're looking for housemates, write in the ad that they don't want internationals. And this is something that makes me very, very angry, especially since I've lived abroad in Italy and Austria. And there I felt like I was treated equally to the citizens of those countries. And in the Netherlands, that's not the way we do it. So... Um, just for my personal values, it was really important to live at least with people who would also be open to living with internationals just mm. so 
yeah, just to be open-minded in that way. And that's what I became through my own experiences. So, um, and yes, as I already knew from living abroad with internationals, I also enjoy it as much in the Netherlands since, as I mentioned before, uh, you get in touch with different cultures, different foods. It's great for your languages. Um, And also I love to meet other internationals through my international flatmates since I noticed that even though my study program um, is open to everyone, it's a master in English. So I have a lot of international students in my program. It's a bit harder to meet international students in my studies and through my flatmates it's much easier to make other international friends in Tilburg as well. Right, perhaps we could touch on that. You just mentioned something there, which is a less pleasant side of the of the student uh, accommodation scene here in the Netherlands. Um, have you international guys around the table seen advertisements saying no internationals? And if so, uh, what does that make you feel? Perhaps I could ask you, Anastasia. Uh, yeah, especially if you search on Facebook groups, uh, you most possibly have seen that most of them do not want internationals. Uh, I don't know why uh, I try to understand their way of thinking. Maybe they don't like to change their language. They don't want to speak English. And uh, that's fine from my point of view, but... I was kind of frustrated because I was expecting uh, Dutch people to be more open-minded and to help us with uh, the housing crisis. Mm. Interesting, uh, but not necessarily positive, but obviously something which happened. You you wanted to say something, Andreas? Oh, yeah. uh, actually, uh, when I first arrived in Groningen, so I asked one of my Dutch friends so why they don't want to gather with international, why they put this Dutch only labels. So one of the reasons it, they said that uh, we as a Dutch student t- tired to speak in English. <laughs> if we, when we come back to home, we want to just speak in Dutch. Uh, so, so it's a real language thing according, yeah, to, language according to the thing, Dutch student. Yeah. It's not like uh, uh, something more evil than that. No, only one of them. They're just lazy, aren't they? They just want to speak Dutch. (laughs) But if you're learning Dutch, then presumably you can uh, then integrate because you're in a house with mostly uh, Dutch or mostly internationals. Uh, Mostly international. Right. Right. So perhaps, Francisco, you're in a house with mostly Dutch students. Have you come across this no internationals phenomenon and and how did it affect you? 100% just when I arrived, I noticed the type of ranking that we can see here. If you're a girl and you're Dutch, you have high possibilities. If you're Dutch and you're a guy, you have also quite high possibilities. If you're international, the bar is already a little bit below. If you're an international girl student, higher possibilities. But if you're international boy student, that's quite, you're quite a challenge. You're at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> oh, dear. A quite, quite a challenge. But what um, Andrea was mentioning is, is quite interesting because not everything is an apartment just full of rooms with students right so there are many families that also rent a room right some of these families a maybe they don't speak english that's the case of some some of my friends that live in a dutch house Mm -hmm. or it can also be that they don't want to be open with the internationalization because when you have different cultures you have the thing for instance leaving the shoes in the entrance that's not something from my culture yeah and that can happen different things between greece india and many other places yeah so again 
probably just a little bit culturally lazy, but that's maybe my bad interpretation of it. But you're now living in a house with mostly Dutch people. So how does that work? Have you, are, are you now a, a sort of honorary Dutchman? I, I don't feel like it. <laughs> to be honest, I don't feel like it. And Sorry to interrupt you, but, but how did you get that spot then? If, if, or, or is your house a, a, like a liberal open house? It's a house that I found through a website from the government. Here in the Netherlands, you have different ways of finding housing, specifically in the municipality of North Breda and Stilburg. They have like a common website where they have some houses offered. And because of a draw, I managed to get this this housing. It was out of 300 people. <laughs> I got one spot. So I was wow, like it's like winning it. the lottery, man. It's like winning the lottery, <laughs> indeed. So that's why I managed to get to this house. I just signed the contract, everything online, went to pick up the keys, and that's how I met the, the Dutch students. Cool, but, but do, you do, do you feel that there is a different vibe with the Dutch students, or, or not? I do feel that there's a very different vibe from, with Dutch students. Just because of the fact, for instance, we have a WhatsApp group, everything's in Dutch. There. So I have to take the screenshots, copy-paste, tr- translator, and things yeah. like that that many times do not happen with international students. Right, I understand. It's a great way to learn Dutch, though. <laughs> It'd be nice. <laughs> Perhaps. So now I think we should advise our listener to sit down, because this is the most shocking part of this podcast. It is the money part. We are now going to discuss the realities of the prices of student accommodation in the Netherlands. Uh, we had a little talk before we started, and... One of the main subjects was the price of accommodation and the expectations which some international students have before they leave their home country for what they can get for the money. So we're now going to go around the table and discuss a little bit about the expectations of students um, in terms of what you get for what you pay for in the Netherlands. And it's, it's quite tough. Basically, it's expensive, I think, is the conclusion we came to. But I would like to go around the table just to find out how everyone is dealing with it and what they have experienced in terms of the pricing. And I'm going to start with Anastasia because I just feel sorry for her because the care did not bring the furniture. Don't worry. I'm, I'm just sorry, fine. but I'm, I'm worried for you. I'm worried for you. Thank you, though. Uh, first of all, I think that it depends of the country that you come from. Uh, for example, I come from Greece and there uh, a typical apartment costs like 250 and many people consider that this is too expensive. But here in the Netherlands, for example, uh, if you want to rent a room, the average is going to cost you 500. Right. So, so sorry to interrupt you, Anastasia. We are, we are talking euros here, just for everybody who's yes, listening. Yes. 500 euros is average. Sorry, so continue, please. I just want to say that uh, for the people that are informed about the housing in the Netherlands, probably they know that uh, the monthly rent is going to be more expensive than they expected. So the sad part is that uh, uh, all of us, we've seen people on Facebook posting, uh, I want a studio, preferably next to the university, costing 300 Yeah, that's not going to happen. So again, you have to lower your expectations and come with a budget. And the good part is that you have the means to search about housing uh, early so you have to do research about your budget and what you can afford with uh, the money for the rent 
Right. Thanks. Francisco, how about you? I, I, could you share the story you mentioned to us earlier about uh, when, before you left and how you got your accommodation? Yeah, sure. So, when, um, even when I left the first time yeah. and I came here looking forward to have something, as Anastasia was describing, really close to university, nice, spacious, a studio for around 300, 400 euros, which is a reasonable price for the place I was living in Spain. But when I arrived to the Netherlands, that was not the situation. <laughs> that was completely not the situation because just to find a place itself is hard. Having some things extra or not extra, everything's going to increment the budget. The earlier you start looking for the house, the lower budget you may have to spend. The later you look, the more budget you have to spend. As Anastasia was saying, 500, I think, is a good base to start looking for. But as always, be open to something higher, a little bit lower, but most likely something higher. If you have more time to look for it, it's go most likely going to be close to the base. And also consider that the lower your budget is, the more people's looking for that kind of budget. Right, the competition right? is higher. So if you have a larger budget, maybe you have the opportunity to choose between two studios or two rooms, but it's always hard. Understood. Andreas, how about you? Uh, that's very interesting, especially uh, the perspective from Anastasia and Francisco. I'm agree with that. Uh, one thing that I can add is this. You could also consider to live outside the city. More, for example, in Groningen, I have a friend who live in Assen. Right. Also live in Swol, and they also have um, like spend extra costs for travel costs. So just right, but then they have lower accommodation costs, or or they do yeah, have accommodation, lower accommodation costs, but they have to add additional costs for transportation. Right, so, for, yeah. for, tr for travel. Also consider other possibilities. Larry, you mentioned your, your rent to us earlier on, so you're actually on a really good deal by the sound of it, in, uh, comparatively speaking. Uh, would you have any tips and tricks for, for the listener who is considering leaving the home country and looking for a place in the Netherlands? Well, I think uh, the prices of accommodation also really depend on the city where you live. So, um, for example, Tilburg uh, and Wageningen are relatively cheap cities where you can find accommodation from 300 euros maybe, or if you're really lucky, maybe 250. However, if you would go to Amsterdam or maybe Utrecht or Rotterdam, it might be really expensive. And When you say really expensive, give me a price. Well, I think it's not uncommon to pay 700 or 800 a month. For 700 or 800 a month, dear listener. Yes, and then we might speak about a closet without windows. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. So, so the location of your study uh, is actually a very important thing, not only in terms of the, the study which you would like to do, but also the ability to get a place to live. Yeah, exactly. And I think apart from that, it's also about compromising. So if you really care about how much you pay and you're looking for a cheaper room, you might have to accept a smaller room in a worse location, indeed outside of the city center or far away from university. So really prioritize uh, also what you find important about the place and make maybe a list for yourself and see if you want to compromise on the rent or not. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, Francisco was saying that he has fellow students who live in Belgium and then go to study in Breda and they commute from Belgium to the Netherlands each day because it's cheaper there. Is that correct, Francisco? Indeed, that's correct. And that's something that has has been happening for, I think, quite a long time already. Even myself, I have to commute now 40-minute driving daily, 
back and forth, 40 minutes back, 40 minutes forth. And it's still a place. I'm still happy and I still like my accommodation. Yeah, so it's a question of prioritizing and, and you know, uh, thinking about the money side of things. We now enter the sort of freestyle brainstorm part of our discussion. What I'd really like to do is that we can we can solve all the problems for student housing in the Netherlands, just round the table with the four of us. Um, so we'd like to come up with some ideas and insights about the student housing problem and what things go well and what could possibly be improved. And do you guys, do we, do we can we come up with any possible solutions to, to this, uh, well, difficult challenge? Um, who would like to have a go first at, at finding the solution to the Dutch accommodation? Anastasia. I would probably say that uh, we need Dutch people to be open to internationals and be open to live with us because uh, internationals would have many more options if it wasn't for like the no international ads. So I think that would be a nice uh, add to our insights. A nice change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lara. I think I would like to add to that that maybe internationals um, should also be more aware of how the search process goes in the Netherlands because finding a room is ju not just a practical manner here. It's really, it's almost like doing an audition and it's all about the social match between flatmates. So, for example, if me and my flatmates are looking for a new flatmate, uh, we post an ad on Facebook and we ask people to send us a message with information about themselves. And we don't expect you to just mention your age and nationality, we expect you to describe what you expect from living with flatmates, uh, maybe how you expect your social life to look like in this new city. So I think you should, or you, I think, yeah, international students should really take this into account also. Francisco, you'd like to add something? To what Lara is saying, I believe that in the Netherlands it's harder to find a room than to find a university to get accepted in a student house, to get accepted to university. That is an interesting insight, but I, I'm, I can imagine that that's actually true. But did you have to do like an, you did not have to do an audition because you got a government, uh, you went through a government site, correct? Twice. I, I've been held by the government sites and facilities twice. Yeah. So there are always ways, right? Yeah. Governments, municipalities, everyone's trying to do something towards students and to housing in general in the Netherlands. It's not just for students, it's everywhere in the Netherlands. Yeah. But I believe it's also part of the responsibility of universities to have a certain balance between the acceptance rate and the housing rate. You cannot, in my opinion, you cannot accept 500 students when you know that you have 100 houses. Right. So that's something for planning. Interesting point. Very interesting point. Andreas. Uh, so followed by Francisco perspective. So I, I also agree that uh, it is also based on the cooperation between university and also the government itself. And are that there are some policies that so the university couldn't open more accommodation for students. So I think uh, the policy itself could be also a major role in order to open more accommodation for international students. So you're suggesting that um, Dutch politicians, the Dutch government, uh, should make it easier for uh, universities and educational institutions to have more accommodation of their own? 
Probably yeah, but also it is also based on this discussion between the government and also the student association and also the university. So it's like a hearing, public hearing. Yeah. So right. What is the so best the, solution? the triangle between the yeah the, yeah, the triangle between yeah. that. Interesting. Very very cool. Um, let's hope that some of the politicians in the Netherlands are listening. Um, would anybody like to add anything else to this? How can we improve the situation uh, even more? Well, yeah, Lara. Uh, maybe it's not really a solution, but I think what's at least in our advantage is that due to Corona, we're way more used to video calls. So if you're looking for accommodation and you want to do a video call, it's so much easier. For example, this summer, my flatmate uh, Gina decided to unexpectedly move back to Norway. So um, we had to find a new flatmate, but none of my flatmates, including me, were in Tilburg. I was working on a campsite in France. My German flatmate was back in Berlin and the other one was in, at her parents' place. So we had to do everything online. So we first asked people to send a video uh, telling us why they would want to live with us. Based on that, we made a selection and did, um, I think, 10 video calls. And based on that, we actually found a really nice new flatmate. So also the possibility to do video calls and the fact that we're getting more used to that, I think is really in our benefits in finding student housing as well now. Yeah. Right, so there's a technological advantage to, to that we're all suddenly doing video calls. And great tips and tricks already, but perhaps we could go round the table and, and find any other solutions to this, to this dilemma that we're in. Does anybody else have an interesting perspective which we could share? Lara? Um, yes, what I also think could be an important part of the solution of this student housing problem for internationals is more Dutch students gaining international experiences as well. Since this is what made me so open to living with uh, international students right now, because I lived in Italy, Austria, and I've also been abroad for work and travel. And I appreciated it so much to constantly get into touch with different cultures. And um, I think if other Dutch students go abroad for maybe an exchange semester, internship or gap year, they will also get this mindset, which could be of great help. And there are already many Dutch students going on exchange semesters. And if they come back and you ask them uh, what was so nice about it, they will tell you it's that they made all these international friends. So I actually don't get that then they don't want to live together with international students when they're back in the Netherlands. So maybe making Dutch students more aware of this can also be a part of the solution. I think that's a very good point. Um, get out there, go international uh, Dutch students, I think is a, is a key uh, thought there. And, and excellent indeed, because we, we have all been international students, everyone around this table. And I have to say, it's a great experience for everyone, including Dutch students. Um, any other tips and tricks? Um, yeah, I also want to say that for the international students, not to get disappointed when they see the prices of the monthly rent uh, because uh, I have to say that there are a lot of part-time jobs that uh, they can take. It's super easy to find one, so something convenient with your schedule, with your university. So you don't have to worry that much about the rent. But uh, I think it depends a bit if you're a European or not. Some regulations may change. So you have to uh, do your research about that. Right, that, that sounds like a good tip. Yeah. It, is that there are lots of jobs around. It's much easier to get a job than a, a student accommodation then, I gather. Yeah, exactly. But you can, but you can get work in order to, to, to pay some of that rent. So, which I think this is a great tip, Anastasia. Thanks a lot. And I believe, Francisco, you wanted to say something about our friendly real estate agents. Yes, indeed. I wanted to continue about the, the fact of 
that you can work, you can raise some money to invest in this in this rental. But it's not just the rental, right? Because if you go with the real estate agent, which is pretty common, because at the end of the day, you don't want to go to scams, you want to go to something safe, universities full or whatever. You go to a real estate agent, and at the end of the day, you have to pay them a month, right? So a month as a commission fee for the real estate which agent. you do not get back. That's no, yeah, no, you do not get you back. You don't get it it's back. It's not like a deposit. It's not a deposit. It's like gone. That's a commission. Whoa. A month. Usually, in my experience, you have the first month and you also have a deposit, which most likely is going to be the same as a month. So straight away, if you're looking for a room of 500 euros, you have to pay the 500 euros, the deposit, and also the commission. So, so we're that's talking 1. 1,500 euros, of which uh, 500 is rent, 500 is deposit, and 500 is gone. Everything at that. And that's just taking into consideration an accommodation that has all-inclusive. Because if you take heating costs aside, which is one of the most expensive things, or the trash, trash can garbage that's a yearly cost, that's something to add up into that account. Right. So, so do your research, guys. There are many different possibilities for accommodation and many different rules as well. Um, so, you know, uh, have a look into it. I think some of the tips and tricks that we've seen shared here around the table have been fantastic pieces of information for, for our listeners. So it's great that we can get a realistic picture of the situation here. And it's not bad. You know, it's not all bad. This is not a negative podcast. It's a realistic podcast. Um, and, and there is, uh, for listeners who are not aware, there is actually a, a general housing crisis in the Netherlands. So the whole of the country is is having a challenge in terms of housing in general. Um, but I think what we can conclude about this, this roundtable discussion that we've had is that, well, everybody here has got a place. Some of us have furniture, some of us do not. But everybody has like a happy story in the sense that, that uh, we have two people who've, who've uh, managed to get accommodation through, through government sites, as Francisco and Andreas. Uh, Anastasia, who has managed through luck and, and an email and, and through trying really, really hard, has found a place. And Lara, through her background uh, of being able to, wanting to be with international students, has found a specific type of accommodation. And she is the example of a Dutch student who really wants to be with international. So it's not all bad in terms of the internationals and, and international students. I think what, what I have learned here is that you have to be uh, flexible at all times. You really have to open your mind to a new culture and a different situation and a national situation, but also an international cultures mixing uh, together and not always happily. If you have to read WhatsApps in Dutch, I know all about that. But it does make you improve the language in the end, I think. And I think hopefully that we can come to the conclusion that, that joining together and being able to find uh, accommodation and having a great student life is all about winning over these types of challenges, accommodation being one, and then, you know, getting your study in the end is another. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of this really interesting conversation. I'd really like to thank all of our guests, Lara. You're welcome. Anastasia. It was nice to be here. Andreas. Thank you. And Francisco. Thank you for the invite. And thanks very much for you for listening. For more information about this topic, please visit the websites of Study in NL and Wilweg. That's W-I-L-W-E-G dot NL. But you can find the links in the show notes uh, or check out their Instagram and Facebook pages. So that's it for now. It's goodbye from me and from our wonderful guests. And uh, catch up with you next time. This is normal. Is as normal.